Welcome to Drawn Out, a podcast about Disney animated film. I'm your host, Brooke. I'm your other host, Chase. And this is our 50th episode. Our 50th episode! That's so crazy! This is... We've done this 50 times. <laughs> 50 episodes. This is also a really special episode for a lot of reasons. Yes. Um, it's 50th episode. It's our first Renaissance official film. Yes. Um, and we have a very, very special guest who is very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> um, we have Kat with us today, who is the princess to all my Prince Disney bounds, the pad foot to my prongs. <laughs> um, oh. I actually almost called you Pads the first time we were, like, doing our <laughs> intro, and I was, like, gonna introduce you, and I was like, oh, you're not Pads, you're Cat. You don't understand it, but I will. Yeah. <laughs> in my heart. Thanks. You're still Padfoot in my phone. You are the only Harry Potter name in my phone still. You are still Prongs in my yeah. phone. <laughs> Specifically Prongs. Whoa! We're gonna have to Donald Duck that. <laughs> oh, it's gonna sound so much worse if you out. <laughs> so we invited Cat here today, um, because... Cat is a Disney princess, um, our second true Disney princess to grace this podcast. I love, them. I love them so much. So to start, let's get to know Cat. Mm-hmm. So Cat, what was your favorite Disney movie growing up? Um, okay, so according to my mom, I apparently watched Dumbo and Beauty and the Beast so many times I broke the VHS tapes. But I was <laughs> so little, I don't even remember that. Um, when I was a little older, I watched 101 Dalmatians. I watched oh Lion King, duh. Oh yeah, and I watched Little Mermaid. So anyway, I loved animals when I was a kid. But mermaids made an exception on that because mermaids. <laughs> come on. Um, as an adult, has your taste changed? You have a different favorite it film now. Definitely has. I still have a huge appreciation for all the films I loved, and there's actually very few Disney movies that I don't love. So there's some that are like love a little bit less. <laughs> um, I've still 101 Dalmatians is still one of my favorites. And I have grown to really appreciate the older Disney princesses, which I found boring as a child. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, oh, no, wait, they're great. And Sleeping Beauty is one of my all-time favorites. <laughs> we could talk about Sleeping Beauty for hours. And we have. We have. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Who is your favorite Disney princess or hero? Sleeping Beauty, Aurora. Ooh. I love her. Mm-hmm. There's See, a lot of great characters. Though. I always thought that Sleeping Beauty was my favorite princess for a long time until I learned I just like Prince Philip. I mean, same. <laughs> I just I think she is really understated in her qualities, and I know she has, like, so little screen time. Right. But what you see of her is just, I love her so much. <laughs> and she gets so little love. Yeah, I agree. The classics deserve more. They really do. Do you have a favorite villain? Yes. So my mom really likes the evil queen from Snow White, and I grew up with her in my house a lot. Like, um, my mom has so many t-shirts of her and coffee mugs. And has dressed up as her, so it just sort of worked its way into my brain. Yeah, so your mom has done the Evil Queen, mm-hmm. and you've done Snow White. Yeah, <laughs> we did it together. And there's a third member in your family who also cosplays this with you. Yes, my stepfather, all six foot two of him. He does Dopey, right? Uh, no, no, <laughs> the hag. Because uh, that's the natural progression of those costumes. <laughs> Um, but it's a really great look. Um, we're definitely going to have to put some of them on the Instagram, um, if you oh, let us. Yeah. <laughs> um, Me? A picture online? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <I> guess. <laughs> wow, what a thing. <laughs> Did you have a favorite Disney song? Yes, I love the music from Cinderella, specifically A Dream Is Your Wish Your Heart Makes. It mm-hmm. makes me so happy to hear it. It's just one of those songs that like makes you feel a little lighter. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay, here's a question I didn't prepare for you, Ooh. but I think it's a very good question. How many Disney princesses have you cosplayed? 
Oh, um, like full-on cosplay? Dressed up as... Mm, you can count Disney bounds in a second category if you want. Well, because I've done some like uh, mashup cosplays where I wasn't in their ball gowns or anything. It was I did Cinderella as a Hufflepuff student, so mm-hmm. if that counts. But um, see, I've done Snow White, Sleeping Beauty. I've done three times. I've done all her looks, <laughs> including Bobatons. Oh yeah, or in addition, a couple Bobatons. mashups as well. <laughs> um, Ariel, I've done a couple different looks for because I love her. Um, and Belle, I've done Belle's town dress. I think that's it. Oh, well, I mean, like, working at parties. I was going to say, didn't you do Frozen? Yeah, I've done Anna and Elsa several times. <laughs> I never made <laughs> for anything children. for them. Yeah. <laughs> Kids love them. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really cool. You're, we had Stephanie, and we pretty much introduced her as, like, Disney princess. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. is a, she's natural at it. She, uh, yeah. I swear to God that birds must, like, braid her hair in the morning. Cause yeah. She doesn't even have a favorite villain. That's how princessy she is. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so we invited you here for Little Mermaid because this is one of my favorite bounds we've ever done mm-hmm. together. And I made you wake up at 4 a.m. to do a Little Mermaid uh, sunrise photo shoot. And I'm so glad we did. <laughs> they came Shout out, out very to nice. Bethany. It, yeah. They, they went to the beach. It was amazing. Yeah, we'll definitely put those pictures up on Instagram for this episode for sure. And because you had a really great Little Mermaid encounter. I did. Uh, so this is going to be a bit of a not-so-humble brag because <laughs> it was like one of my favorite con cosplay experiences is Chase and I had just have done several Disney bounds. Mm-hmm. And for one dapper day... I did shipwreck Ariel, so it was like a stylized version of a sail dress. It's gorgeous with pearls and twine, and it's beautiful. Spent a lot of time hand sewing, and I love it. <laughs> and she was my Eric. And we ended up going to D23 in 2017, and I was in school <laughs> at the time, so we could only go on Sunday. And we were lucky enough to go, and we were on the con floor, and I got stopped and to ask for a picture. And... He introduced himself, and it was... John Musker. Um, one of the writers and directors of Little Mermaid. Yeah, and then when we were watching like the special features on the Little Mermaid desk, he was on there, and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> he was like so recognizable, and I was like, oh, it's awkward that we didn't like know who he was I on know. the site. Well, I mean, like I may have known his name, but yeah. like, I wouldn't have known his face. Mm-hmm. And he complimented my dress, and he wanted a picture, and I was just like, oh my god, I feel like I've been... Chosen. Anointed. Like, yeah. Yes, this is He was is just good. so complimentary to, like, your dress. And... So sweet. And I have pictures with him, and I'm just, like, I fangirl over it. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really, really cool experience. I mean, I got ignored because I was just Prince Eric, but, like, <laughs> he fawned over you, and it was very, very cute and very, very so cool. sweet. He'll fawn over you when you're cast as the real Prince Eric. Yeah, I'm there waiting you know, for yeah. my call. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got to see Alan Menken in concert that time, mm-hmm. which... It's also very relevant. Really, too. really cool. He played all the songs that all he's written like, to for yeah. Disney. Um, yeah, all the way from Little Mermaid through to Tangled at the time, I think, was his last. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, it was a really cool experience. It was. Um, I'm really glad we went to that. Yeah, and I'm really glad to have you here for Yay, Little Mermaid. Thank you for having me on. Of course. This so, is... when was the last time you guys watched Little Mermaid? Um, I go on a Disney binge every so often, so I'm thinking it was probably within the last couple of years for me. Um, I'm not sure I've watched it since I had it on VHS, to be quite honest. Um, my DVD is still in plastic wrap, so <laughs> I don't think I've opened it. <laughs> um, if, yeah, so I don't, yeah, I think it's been that long. Um, because if I did watch it in my college watch through, it would have been on VHS. And for me, um... We've never owned it on DVD. I think we didn't have it for very long on VHS because my mom does not like Ariel. 
Ooh. What? Yeah, it's it's true. So no offense, but what's wrong with your mom? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's funny though because like she has a soft spot for the Little Mermaid on as on a whole because it's the first movie my parents saw together. Aww. But I just think Ariel as a character like didn't I, resonate. Yeah, well, I mean, she she always ends up quoting, "Daddy, I'm 16. I'm an adult." No. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that a lot of moms felt that way mm-hmm. watching that. Well, the thing is, is my mom was like 19 or 20 when she saw it. Uh, and maybe it could be that like when you're starting to get uh, into your 20s and you realize how young you really were when you were a yeah. teen, when you thought you were so but old. But you're still close enough to it that you find it annoying? Yeah. Okay, yeah. maybe it was just like the wrong time. I think that might be it. We, 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 we debated having our moms on as the guests <laughs> we did. for this we one. We about <laughs> it. Because I, your mom might not... I'll, care for her either no my mom feels fine about the little mermaid mm-hmm. um it's my aunt who does not like oh, okay. the little mermaid um which i think we talked about when my cousin aubrey was mm-hmm. here um for robin hood but yeah one of these days we'll have to sit my mom down and you know try and convince see, her try and convince her she's brainwasher she has she's you know she's at the when she first saw ariel she was just barely not a teenager mm-hmm. and now she has you know she ha- she's had five. She's had a sixteen-year-old child five times. Maybe it'll <laughs> maybe it'll resonate differently. Like, yeah. Yep, I heard that line. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So I'm really excited to go watch this movie. Let's guys. go watch it. Okay. such a good movie, guys. I really enjoyed that. So magical. <laughs> um, we noted this is, like, the first time we've really struggled, like, or, like, not struggled, but, like, had to sing along. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We, we sing along with Mary Poppins. So yeah. It's just the two of us. But I think we're reaching an era where that's going to be harder and harder not to do. Like, we never set out to say, oh, let's not sing along. I think we just haven't. This is just, it was, it's what we grew up watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Felt really nice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have some stories about some of these songs coming up later. <laughs> oh. I mean, the music is so crucial to The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. not a bad place for us to start, really. Yeah, there's a centerpiece of the film that moves it. Yeah. This is Alan Menken's grand debut, really. With Disney, um, yeah. With Disney. Um, with... Howard Ashman. Howard Ashman, thank you. This is, like, the dawn of a new era for Disney in yes. terms of music. And it's just really cool. They got their first Emmy nomination for the music in, like, I think it had been 20 years since they'd received their last one or something like that. Uh, their Oscar nomination, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Like, they hadn't <laughs> won since Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, and they hadn't been nominated since um, The Rescuers. Mm. It's a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Especially what we're used to now with Disney always being nominated. Mm-hmm. It seems right. odd there was a period when it was rare. Well, well I mean, we watched those movies we and we're not surprised. <laughs> Yeah, the benefits of going chronologically, like, yeah, I there see was, that. You really see the ups and downs. <laughs> this was the beginning of the Renaissance, and yes. there was a sort of proverbial dark age preceding mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, uh, this really brought a lot of the classic elements back mm-hmm. to the forefront. Like, it's a princess it. film again. Yes. Um, I think, like, Black Cauldron kind of tried to revive that medieval fantasy. Did not work. One of no, the few they Disney didn't films give, I don't care for. They just needed to give Alanwi a want song. That's all they really <laughs> had to do. It would have been fine. <laughs> and just make everybody else more bearable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we have a Disney princess again. We have a return to the classical music style mm-hmm. with some 
improvements, mm-hmm. I think. I think it's right. We can all agree that the music is improved, like, yeah. in its style between the classic princesses. Well, it's, it's also more accessible to a that modern might be, audience. That might be more it. Because the other princesses were, like, mid-19th century, or 1900s. Yeah. Which was, so they were, it's more of a trained opera style. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Sleeping Beauty was literally sung like an opera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will wax for days about how beautiful Sleeping Beauty is. Stunning. But anyway. this is our entrance into the Broadway yes. style. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, well, because, which you can really see. Um, yeah. Because Howard Ashman had come from musical theater. Mm-hmm. We watched a special feature that talked about how around this period of time, they did these one- lunchtime lectures, and they were like, oh, let's have Howard do one. And he came in and he talked about how music drives storytelling in musical theater and basically taught a generation of Disney animators how to think of their stories as musicals. Yeah. yeah. And what, what a song can do and what a song should should do. Yeah, that way that, like, music should... Like, your song should, excuse me, one, further the story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, it should not just be there. Mm-hmm. Like a washing scrubbing song. Like, as much as I love Snow White, like... It didn't move the story It forward. doesn't move the no. story along. Although it's it charming. Is, it but... is charming and it's funny and mm-hmm. I enjoy it. But it yeah. doesn't affect the story. Yes. Um, Every time they sing yeah. In Little Mermaid, it furthers the plot and it gives you more information. Yeah. And pulls you in an emotional yeah. connection. I, th- I think I would argue Under the Sea is kind of just there for fun, but I don't, like, I love it. I mean, it's the, like, the intermission song. Like, yeah. it's, yeah. you go out on a high note, mm-hmm. and then you start the next part Yeah, of the... yeah, oh, it's, to- it belongs where it is, and it's great, and I wouldn't remove Lots it. Energy, yeah. But it's definitely doesn't have, like, I think that what Little Murray does, though, the want song and the villain song mm-hmm. is really what it brings yeah. in that new vein mm-hmm. we haven't seen before. And he, um, and he talks about that, and they show, they show a lot of clips from the actual... Uh, they just call it the Howard Lecture. Yeah. And uh, we got kind of emotional watching it. We did. Um, Howard Ashman <laughs> wrote lyrics for Little Mermaid, Aladdin, and Beauty and the Beast, but he passed away in 1990 before... 1991. 91, but right yeah. before um, like before Beauty and the Beast came out mm-hmm. um, from complications from AIDS. Yeah. So it was a very, very like tragic loss and death of like, an artist who mm-hmm. deserved much better. And the... Non-Disney credit you might recognize the most from him is uh, Little Shop of Horrors, which is a personal <laughs> favorite of mine, both the, both the off-Broadway musical and he wrote the screenplay for the movie version. Yeah, um, lots of theater people who are often, you know, Venn diagrammed with Disney people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, love Little Shop of Horrors and Howard mm-hmm. Ashman. Mm-hmm. Um, it did a lot for this film and this era. Mm-hmm. Um Although I should know, like, this isn't our first Disney villain song. Mm-hmm. Porn, we have Radigan, mm-hmm. I think, is probably our, arguably our first classic yeah. Disney villain song. Cruella DeVille isn't really. She doesn't have a song. She doesn't sing yeah. it. Like, she has Cruella DeVille. Which is sung by, by Roger. Roger. Um, without her. Without, Potentially yeah. the most perfect man in existence, just saying. I mean, I Prince think... Eric is cutting it pretty close. But, like, for modern man. And, That's like, fair. Attainable. Yeah. Oh my god, I forgot what I was going to say because I got distracted by Prince Eric. No, I got distracted by Prince Eric. Let's all have a moment to daydream. Uh. <laughs> oh, gosh, what were we talking about? We were talking about villain Music, songs. villain songs. Um, oh, this is more classic. Like, the Radigan song doesn't move the plot along too much. It just kind of mm-hmm. tells us that Radigan is clever and uh, not a rat. 
Um, but this song actually introduces us to, like, Ursula's game mm-hmm. and, like, what she does. And it's really cool. And I really like this movie, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we, I might have mentioned this. There is an interview with Pat Carroll, who does the voice of Ursula. And basically they handed her the script for, like, the Haunted Mansion spiel um, when you're in the elevator. And they said, will you please read this as Ursula? And she knocked it out of the park. (laughs) Like, at the end of the video, I was like, oh my gosh, they should just replace her. They should just replace it. It should just be her now. (laughs) Pat Carroll is our ghost host. Crossover. We love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and she wouldn't even be the the only, like, Disney villain in a haunted mansion. Because Madame Leota is Maleficent and Mm, Lady Tremaine. Lady Tremaine, yeah. Yeah. So, should we start at the beginning? Yes. Um, a we... good place to start. Ooh. <laughs> Different musical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Julie Andrews, so it's fine. <laughs> She's basically a princess. Come on. She's a queen. Yes, now queen. <laughs> then princess, now queen. But this is um, our introductory music. Mm-hmm. Like, we haven't quite had... Well, we do with Oliver and Company. We have a song that sort of sets the tone. Mm-hmm. So, but we do... We have a ship. Mm-hmm. And... We see sailors. They're not pirates. They're sailors. Mm-hmm. As far as we know, Prince Eric is a legitimate prince and not a pirate mm. prince. No. <laughs> that could be a fun twist. <laughs> um, so the actually the crew on the ship is, they're based off a lot of the production staff. And so that's why they all look very unique. Yeah. One of them even, like, has glasses, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, look at them individually. They're, like, a lot more tailored to a specific face type. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's one that's got these square glasses, and I'm like, oh, that's a hippie holdover. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We did watch it a little bit about a storyboarded intro that was different, Mm -hmm. where we met Ursula instead of Prince Eric first. Um, Well, we don't even really meet Prince Eric on the boat, do we? It's just... No, we do, we do. Yeah. Yeah, Grimsby's like, you should get married. He's like, By the way, Grimsby is also the voice of Roger Radcliffe. Ooh! (laughs) And Rama the Wolf. Yeah. Yeah, from uh, Jungle Book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the no one at Disney knew that. He had to tell them after he was cast. (laughs) (laughs) By the way. I've worked here before. (laughs) Yes. I mean, since then, they've gotten new CEOs, they've got new animators. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and they don't have, like, IMDb in their Right, pockets, right. But, you know. Uh, yeah, different world. But yeah, we get this cool, interesting, like, opening song that sort of introduces us to, like, the idea of the sea and, like, what's hidden beneath it. I love that it's introduced it. as, like, this is a fairy tale land we're going into. Yeah. This is fairy tale. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. It's, it's lore. Yeah. So the the above water bits in the front are kind of muted, kind mm-hmm. of kind of hazy. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, wait, I thought this was a restored DVD. Why does it look like this? Mm-hmm. But then we had, and then we go below the water, and everything brightens, everything sharpens. Yeah, and that was a deliberate color choice. Yeah, yeah. So we follow this fish into King Triton's court, mm-hmm. um, where Donald, Goofy, and Mickey are just chilling. Which you can pause it guess. like at the exact right second. Yeah. When he's entering on his chariot. Yeah, so they have their big, lovely musical number that with is the okay. sisters. Yes. Yeah, um, and so okay, so I can't tell. Like, obviously, Ariel is the star of this yes. show, but they're like presenting. They say we're presenting her. It's like a debutante thing. Yeah, yeah. how do you miss your debutante My thing? Girl. Like. Wow. Oh. No one was there making sure she was in hair and makeup. No one was there making sure she got it, her jewelry done. Like, they like, opened the clamshell and, like, no one checked. They just yeah, assumed she set herself yeah. and was chilling in a clamshell. Even though we know she frequently misses practice. Like, this is not all on Ariel, guys. <laughs> Oy. 
She's she's 16. She's got a lot on her mind. She's clearly flighty. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's not at her presentation. Embarrassing her choir master, Sebastian, mm-hmm. her father, all the king, sisters. all of her sisters, and the whole and castle, herself, I imagine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and herself. <laughs> Although I gotta wonder, like, if the mermaid court is like. Yeah, that's about right sounds, for her. Yeah, sounds like it would happen. <laughs> we, we didn't even... We placed bets on if she was going to be here or not, <laughs> so... <laughs> but she's not singing. She's at a shipwreck. Mm-hmm. And Flounder's like, uh, aren't there sharks here? She's like, <laughs> nah. <laughs> it's fine. Sharks in the ocean? Sounds fake. <laughs> so, Don't you know sharks are freshwater? <laughs> so, is Ariel an Aquarius, Libra, or a Gemini? Or does she, she have to be a water sign? Oh, air sign. Oh, air sign. Mm-hmm. I guess she would. Yeah, she's Ariel, which is wind spirit, mm-hmm. which is like a holdover from the fairy tale. Like, mm-hmm. the Little Mermaid never has a name in the fairy tale, but naming her Ariel, meaning wind spirit, is a nod to her ending where she becomes an angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Which made it really confusing when I read Shakespeare, and they're like, oh, Ariel, the wind spirit. And I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> what? No, he's a merman. What, what? I can get that he's a guy. I get it's a it's a guy, but I cannot get that he's wind-based. <laughs> he has red hair, and he's a merman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd say of the three, I'm Aquarius. Okay. She's very quirky and marches to her own mm-hmm. beat, apparently. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, artistic as well. That's and what I was thinking, too. So yeah. If She's those. certainly not, like, a peacekeeper. God. Like, uh... Honestly, Libra. I would go for Leo, but I can see why she would I would have gone for Leo, Leo, too, though, because mm-hmm. she's... But Leos are more, like, self-image. She's not big on self-image. And, like, I pay attention so. to me and look at my big image, which is also a Gemini thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't see her there. I can see her as an Aquarius. Mm-hmm. And then you hear she the name and you say... She Scorpio. What are we saying? She's emotional, she's reactive, she's got, like, a storm brewing inside her, like, she's mm. impulsive. She's a little too whimsical. That's fair. I'm gonna put her in Aquarius. Alright. <laughs> Let's do Aquarius Sun. Moon she's sun. not Scorpio Moon, though. No. That's oh, way too turbulent. I don't know if I can... Go this really deep? Cast. No, maybe, maybe, Scorpio, maybe Scorpio Sun, um, Aquarius Rising. Well, either way, she's interested in human lore and... Uh, Sorry, we haven't done that in a while. We have not done that in a while. Here, here's a better one. Cat, what Hogwarts house is Ariel in? We have had much discussion about this. So I think you can argue Ariel in either Gryffindor Slytherin or Ravenclaw from the right perspective. Yeah. However, I think her driving characteristics are that of a Gryffindor, and therefore it is her house. I think that... Gryffindor and Ravenclaw are probably the two strongest contenders. Yeah. And there's a lot of Gryffindor energy in this film, but I still stand by <laughs> Ravenclaw. I just, I feel like it's not what drives her. She clearly didn't make the logical choice or, like, even think it through when she just went Just because you're surface. a Ravenclaw doesn't mean you're logical. Look at it the love goods. It does, though. Luna's not illogical. She's kind of bad. She's kind of crazy, <laughs> but... She's not without logic, and it's her own form of logic, but you see her reasoning mm-hmm. when she speaks. So anyway, Ariel. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I just see her as driven more by knowledge and a desire to learn more about the human world. Like, she's an anthropologist in a lot of ways. She is, but I think that she goes about, she goes about it in, with such an adventurer's mindset, too. Mm-hmm. Her tools like are she all wants, she wants, she wants all right, to, so we can all agree she's a there. Thunderbird. 
which is oh, the adventure house. For sure. <laughs> um, which, I mean, that has its own issues. No, where do the kids in Scandinavia go? To... Bobatons? She go to Bo- oh, she go do to they Bobatons. have houses in Bobatons? I don't believe they do. Okay, well then she's just Bobatons. Yeah, she's a Bobatons student. I mean, let's be real, most of the Disney princesses probably would go to Bobatons. Based on geography, yes. Yeah. Although, oddly enough, probably not Aurora, which is the Bobatons outfit you did. Um, she is typically put in Germany or really? France. Really? I would yeah. have put her in Philip in England because the no. slaying the dragon is a St. George Mm-mm. Mm-mm. myth. Isn't yeah. that Unicorn Tapestry also English that, like, it's famously based on? Maybe. But. But I don't know, like, yeah, I, it's. Like, I definitely could see it as German. Well, it's a Grimm's tale, fairy tale. That's yeah. true. It mm-hmm. is a Grimm tale. So I always thought of it as, like, it's German. Interesting. So I guess, yeah, if she was German, she would go to Durmstrang. Probably. Well, it depends well, on what part of... No, well, Germany is more Central Europe. It's not Eastern Europe, mostly. Well, it's... Yeah. It, well, and it depends on which old German kingdom. Are we talking... <laughs> are we talking... Bo- it's true. Bohemia, Durmstrang, um, <laughs> uh, Hes- Hesse-Darmstadt, uh, Bobaton, okay. Prussia, toss-up. <laughs> you know what? She's going to go to Bobatons because I already made the outfit. Yes, that's fair. Yeah. That makes a lot of so, sense. So a we'll good can, reason. So we'll put her in... in Hes- True Ravenclaw logic. <laughs> we'll put her in in Hesse or Bavaria. Oh, Alright, anyway, so I'm sorry we started talking about Harry Potter, so this is what happens when you talk to me. Yeah. Um, Would you put... Kat and I are banned from Harry oh, Potter man. trivia games with our friends. Literally not allowed to play. <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, so the Little Mermaid... <laughs> Getting back to um, the point. She's in a shipwreck. We're about oh ten God, minutes into the film. Good lord. <laughs> I hope you find us charming. <laughs> They get chased by a shark. She finds a fork and a uh, pipe. pipe. Thank you. I was like, the, um, it's a, a snarf blat. and a snarf blat. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, Don't confuse she, yeah. the listeners. She takes them to Scuttle, who tells her they're Dinglehopper and snarf blat. And Scuttle's a very funny introduction. I always hated him as a kid because I was the smart kid. Really? Because I don't like him now. As a kid, he was fine. But now I'm like, oh my god. As a kid, I was like, I was the kid who had to be right all the time. And it just drove me crazy. He was (laughs) so wrong and telling people wrong things. I am frustrated with him now. Not so much in the beginning, but in the later scene, which we'll get to, um, when he's trying to convey to them that Vanessa is the sea witch in disguise. Yeah. I'm just like sitting there like, communicate. (laughs) Organize your thoughts and put them into words. Yeah, that is a really stressful Mm -hmm. moment. Well, and it would have been Michael Richards, best known as Kramer, was considered for the role. And I feel like (laughs) that would have made a lot of, like, that would have made more sense to people. But I'm glad, like, you know, from the hindsight of 2019, like, okay, yeah, good. They, they've announced the live-action Scuttle, right? Aquafina. Aquafina, who's going to do a great job mm-hmm. at it. They could have done Danny DeVito. Oh. <laughs> Which would have been great, too. Just a thought. <laughs> did you know Danny DeVito directed Matilda? Yes. I did. I found that out recently, that. and I was just like, what? Wow. Sorry. And, Random and, side. And what he did, Mara Wilson was a, was a little bit nervous about dancing all by herself during the little bitty pretty one mm. scene. And so Danny DeVito had everyone behind the camera dancing too. Oh. So that she wasn't dancing that by herself. So sweet. Mm-hmm. Adorable. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Ariel is <laughs> talking to Scuttle. Um, and remembers when he says the snarf flat is for music. That she was supposed Music. to sing today. Mm-hmm. Whoops. <laughs> so she gets in there and she's talking to her dad and Sebastian. 
And he's doing kind of an exasperated, I'm very disappointed in you, my darling. Uh, yeah. But she, you know, she takes it like a pro. She's clearly been sculpted before. She kind of brushes it off. Yeah. She says, and Daddy, I'm 16 now. Well, until Flounder mm-hmm. comes oh. up. He cannot be chill, this no. boy. Speaking of characters who irk me. <laughs> Flounder needs to learn some chill. How do you make friends with Ariel and not have chill? Like, I just feel like she's so headstrong and a go-getter that, like, you have to just go with the flow. Here's mm. what I'm thinking. Ariel once <laughs> saved him from a bully, and now he will not leave her alone. That's probably She saved it. him from Glut the shark. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we should have mentioned his name when he came the up. The shark's name is Lut. Yeah. But Flounder, in defending Ariel, spoils that they were on the surface. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Like, bruh, come on. Um, Which is not allowed. No. Which is also a change from the fairy tale. I guess, like, on the 16th birthday, they all get to go look at the human world. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay, that's nice. And they get bored. But the Little Mermaid In this one, it did is not get forbidden. And, yeah. I definitely, like, I know there's a lot of theory that... Her mother was probably killed by fishermen of some sort. Um, they show her mother's death in a sequel. Oh, do they? Yeah, the one... Sure, they show her mother's death in melodies? I mean, not, like, explicitly, but there's there's more than one sequel. Ariel's Beginning. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the yeah. prequel. <laughs> I'm sorry, prequel. It came after the movie, okay? <laughs> Uh, I'm actually having trouble remembering. Do you call them the happens. Star Wars sequels, episode one, two, and three? Uh, I don't call them anything at all. <laughs> you just uh, call I them just... Hayden Christensen and Ian McGregor's great films about them. Um, I just go and watch the Plinket reviews on them. <laughs> um, I've never seen Ariel's Beginning, so... I watched it once. This was years ago, because my best friend, Christina... Hey, Christina! Christina is, doesn't listen. Oh, I don't think I could pay her to listen to my, me mm. talk more. <laughs> she doesn't really do podcasts. Um, anyway, she is obsessed with Ariel and was even more so when we were in high school. So we watched all of them. Um, it was apparently not very memorable because <laughs> I can't tell you much about it. <laughs> but I do know that you find out how her mother died. And I want to say it was somehow caused by humans indirectly. Oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, and therefore, but, like we see, like the way that Triton is angry, it feels very much like very, very personal. Yeah. yeah, he's like scared. Yeah, no one has that amount of rage towards yeah. someone they love if they're not scared. Yeah, right. It's a little bit like, and maybe, and maybe this is something they'll do in the live version, like they did in the live version of Aladdin, is explain like, yeah, no, your mom died when she was out being with the people. You cannot be with the people. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm really excited to see live action Little Mermaid. <laughs> um, I'm hoping it's like, oh god, my favorite live action so far has been Cinderella. A good choice. Yes. Oh my god, so good. But anyway, I'm hoping it brings me that feeling because that one, it just feels like your soul is dancing. It's yeah. Ugh, it's so like romantic, but not in a corny way, and it's, it's just a sweet. little bit corny, but it's perfect. But like. You don't feel like it's the cream. You're just no. like, you're like, oh, no. this is just lovely. Mm-hmm. I feel like so light and so oh, happy. It, Ken Brenner is just really good at that stuff. He does Shakespeare and Gilded fairy tales. You mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and that's why people, that's why people fell in love with Loki so hard because when we first met him, he was directed by Ken Brenner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we'll that's a different that. podcast. Yeah. Good Lord. We're going to have so many tangents. Okay. 
<laughs> That's what happens. That's why we're charming. That's why people like our podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after getting scolded for being in love with the human world, Ariel goes to her collection of human things um, and adds her stuff to it. Mm-hmm. Her candelabra of silverware, her box of corkscrews... Mm-hmm. Um, her busts and paintings. Yeah. Apparently there's one of Abraham Lincoln, but I was not able to see it. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch it if there was. We saw a conquistador mm-hmm. helmet thing, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and, and then she sings us her I Want song, yeah. which is part of your world. Ugh. Which is such a good song. It's uh, so good. I love, what I love about that song is you cannot sing it without acting it out a mm-hmm. little bit at least. Yeah. yeah. Part of your world is like such a moving song. Mm-hmm. Iconic. Um, it made adults and test audiences tear up. I, yeah. It's like the song of yearning, and it really gives you an insight into mm-hmm. Ariel's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beyond just being a pretty mermaid. And it really is much more connective, I think, than the other I Want songs. Like, I love Sleeping Beauty's I Want song. You and I sing it all the time. We sure do, buddy. <laughs> um, that was actually a problem with Sleeping Beauty is uh, when it first came out, people didn't feel they could connect to the film. Yeah. It, it really is high art. It, it, it like, breaks my heart to know that it didn't do well in its day. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the Little Mermaid is extremely accessible. Yes. Because um, like, even like a Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes is a good want song. But it is a little, like, fairy tale princessy, and, like, part of your world is just so much, like... It's visceral. Like It really is. You can feel it. Like, that's what she is in her heart. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, like, like knowing that, like, Howard Ashman and Alan Macon, like, worked on yeah. that together, mm-hmm. and, like, to write a song like that in 1989, knowing, like, you're dying. Like, I don't know. That's yeah. just wild to me. We, like, so, Yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. I don't want to speculate too much about Howard Ashman. I don't know him. Well, I mean, but, like, to be diagnosed with AIDS in 88. The otherness of, like, any inherent being yeah. where you're separated from the people you're around. You yeah. Know? There could be so many different qualities yeah. that you could mm-hmm. be talking about. And in Ariel's case, it's fantastical because she's a mermaid talking about human world. Right. But it's, it's absolutely applicable to someone who's suffering and especially from something that other people can't see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very isolating, and yeah. like, people can really relate to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a gorgeous song. It is. Mm-hmm. Love it. And it almost got mm-hmm. cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While adults teared up, kids were like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> Which well, surprises me, because this is one that I sang a lot as a kid. Me too. Well, and it might have just been those specific kids who... Yeah. I mean... Maybe kid- there was, like, a dog in the room or something. Kids are, <laughs> kids are flighty. Yeah. Like, there was one who spilled popcorn and was, too fo- and was really focused on picking up popcorn and, like... The producer who saw that was like, oh, well, they're not paying attention. <laughs> but kids. Yeah. Um, and Sebastian is there watching this whole thing. He's mm-hmm. never seen the stash, but he's following her. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, my goodness, this is bad. We need to fix this. Yeah. Um, but she begs him not to. And he listens. Well, side note, this is one of my favorite parts of in the California Disney World. Mm. Our, um, California Adventure. They have the Little Mermaid ride, and in the little 
vignette of yeah. Ariel's Grotto. I love that Sebastian pops up in random little spots. Yeah. Like, and just, like, seen peeking out of, like, a jar from behind a mm-hmm. bust or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite things, is to, like, track him. Yeah, that is a really cute part of the ride. I love, like... I love that. It's like, it's like playing whack-a-mole, but, like, no mm-hmm. whacking. <laughs> but with your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I always sing along with that ride. Oh, oh yeah. It's, it's, this thing is designed for you, mm-hmm. too, really. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't move if you don't sing. <laughs> it's powered on your voice obviously <laughs> oh it's how a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> it's a delightful ride and it's air conditioned so it's great if you want to have like 10 minutes out to of the heat sit. <laughs> and just be charmed by yeah it. Oh, i feel like so you're cute. underwater i like it much better than pirates of the caribbean <laughs> which kind of smells yeah a little bit it has its own specific scent like people reference it which yeah i find hilarious. oh yes yeah. yeah i like that one. <laughs> I like it too. But maybe it's more nostalgia than the actual smell. Yeah. That, that might be it. I also remember we were Eric and Ariel and we went up to the Little Mermaid ride. Of course, because we're going to go on the yeah. Little Mermaid ride. And they were, I guess the workers were playing the bingo Disney on Dapper Day. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, Prince Eric's your favorite prince. Like, we're going to check it off. And I was like, oh, it's Prince Philip. Like, immediately. And they were like, we're going to check it off anyway. Have fun. <laughs> that was pretty great. I remember that. And then... I was, like, looking, I was like, oh, Aurora's my favorite, and she just, like, looked at me, I'm in full-on Ariel, and she was like, okay, <laughs> you can do multiple things. You can like lots of it's things. It's just so, well, I mean, how do they know that we do costumes all the time? Right. That's true. They put right. this much that's effort on this. Like, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just another day for mm-hmm. us. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Very much. When um, my friend and I finally do our, our Fantasia Dapper Day, yeah, I wonder how that's going to go over. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'm excited well, you already it. did Sorcerer Mickey. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but a friend and I are planning on, um, I'm going to be the ballet hippo and she's going to be the ballet ostrich. Cute. My, we're going to get my grandma to make us dresses like she had in her day. <laughs> Aww. And we, really have, we already bought the shoes. And, so yeah, cute. We're find, yeah, we're going to find a way to do it. And she's got, you know, she... She's thin with dark. She's thin and a little bit taller than me with dark hair, and then I look like this. <laughs> um, That'd be really, really cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Adorable. I might show up as a crocodile. I mean, I have <laughs> several red capes. I'll just pick one. <laughs> You'll come and be alligator. <laughs> yeah, alligator. Uh, we're ha- she's having a conversation with. Sebastian. And he's trying to talk sense into her, and then she swims up because there is a party going on on a yeah. boat. There's fireworks and, um, and music, pr- and everyone's rowdy. It's Prince Eric's birthday. It is, and she is curious, mm-hmm. and she sees a dog. Honestly, the- same. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, what the heck? I love it. Follow the dog. Dog goes to a very attractive young man mm-hmm. who is very kind and friendly to the dog and then plays music and dancing with the dog there. Like For the dog. Yeah. Like, there's you could not mm-hmm. craft a more perfect man except Prince Philip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do I do like the, the dark, dark hair, blue, blue eyes combo. Yeah. Too. Very striking. That's such a good combo. Eric's such a good prince. <laughs> Um, and then he gets razzed for not being married, as if we needed to make him more relatable to millennials. <laughs> like, Prince Eric is the millennial prince. He mm. has a dog, he likes to dance and play music, and he gets bugged about getting married all the time. He's athletic, but he's artsy. Yeah. He's <laughs> a good prince. Oh, and by the way, he is voiced by the actor who played Greg Brady. Who was 16 at the time mm-hmm. <laughs> that he recorded it. 
But I mean, like you would, you wouldn't, I, you wouldn't know that listening no. to him. He, his voice was all grown up. They yeah. specifically had the conversation: "Is he too young?" But they decided his voice was sounded mature mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, which would have made him, I guess, like not that much older than the kid who did the voice of Flander, who sounds very much like a kid. <laughs> yep. Oh, puberty's a thing. Oh man, it I, was a big time thing. Recently, worked in a middle school, and it's insane how different the kids because it hits them at different times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like kids you look at and you're like, "Oh, that kid's like in his twenties," and then there's kids you look at and you're like, "That kid is three. Yeah, and they're the same age, and you're yeah. just like, "Well, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's its own world, really. It really is." <laughs> Um, that is the world world that we, you and I work in. It is. This is the world we work in. So they're having a good time. They unveil his birthday present, which is this grand statue. <laughs> Grandiose. Yeah. I mean, I'd appreciate it if someone gave me a marble statue of myself. <laughs> Eric is less enthused. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, what is this kind of? But it's... um. Oh, shoot, oh, shoot, oh, shoot. I forgot the character name. Grimothy? Mm-mm. Um, the prince. Um, I don't remember his name. Um, I've only seen so, it a couple times. So, um, Enchanted? It's, yeah. Yes, it's the prince. It's the prince Edward, Edward. costume. Edward. That's it's right. Prince, because it's 2007. Yeah. <laughs> it's the prince, prince Edward, Edward costume. Like, I looked at it like, holy cow, that that's him right there. Like, <laughs> down, like down to the, like, you know, James Marsden's hair is a little bit shorter than that. and But the, yeah. the costume was perfect. Yeah. Um, Eric's not into it. <laughs> no, he's not. He's a nice, humble young man. <laughs> he doesn't even have an Instagram. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, they roll into a storm. And that puts them into some rocks. Which were unavoidable. Also, you know, there was, there was a lot going on. So we'll mm-hmm. like, all right, it happens. Yeah, and so everybody's safe in the lifeboat, except for the dog, so Eric jumps back out and climbs into the burning, burning ship, ship as the save, fire approaches gunpowder. To, to save the cat, uh, the dog. Yeah. Um, Which, honestly, if you don't, you're a monster, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's, it's the um, it's the screenwriting trope, save the cat, so that your the audience will like the character. Right. I mean, we already yeah. did, but this like yeah. him over the top. Yeah, so. he, mm-hmm. he is the perfect man. But mm-hmm. anyone who has had a dog would honestly do the same, because... It's true. Come on. I would go into a burning building to save Blue. Yeah. I would go in for my noodles. I've never had a dog, but I would go into a burning building for sushi, even if she was the one... Especially if she was the one who started the fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's just kind of the kind of personality she has. Yeah. We love her. But, she, <laughs> but um, as my family likes to say, she is bad. Oh, we love her, she's but she's not good. Not she's bad. She's great. I just have mean. I just have a mean family. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, so Eric is on the ship when it blows up. He manages to get Max into the lifeboat, yes. but then he gets stuck. His boot goes through the the floor. The floor, mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. then the fire gets to the fireworks and kaboom, boom. He apparently is mostly okay aside from being knocked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I yeah he, no, he manages no, yeah. to like be floating on some driftwood for a hot second. Yeah, but he's so. out, and so Ariel, who is just like in awe of his beauty, um, <laughs> saves him and his love of his dog and his love of music. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a long, he's yeah. a deep man. Yeah, and then she's singing, and then she sings a reprise to "Part of Your World," like, "Oh, I want you." <laughs> okay. 
And he kind of starts to wake up for, for, for that. Which just, is, there's something so powerful, and I don't know when, I don't know how, but I know something's starting right <sighs> now. Yes. Oh, it's just so good. It's, it's, it's that buildup. You feel it. Because um, it parallels that feeling of extremist excitement, when, um, and we've all felt it, I'm sure, where yeah. you kind of feel it, like, push up. Yeah. In her body, and you just feel that. And, and she, like, is pushing up on the rock as mm-hmm. she says it, and then we have the, like, it's good animation. We even talk about how her, her hair has been animated underwater. Like, I was mm-hmm. paying close attention to it throughout the film. It's just mm-hmm. so well do you know, done. Do you know what they used for references? Um, for the hair? Yeah. No. Sally rides hair when she was in space. Oh, ah, okay. Ah, yeah. That's really cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so that it. means, okay, so she was inspired by... She's a lot of references for Ariel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Alyssa Milano... Was to the face. Was the face. Sherry Stoner was the body model. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sally Ride hair. Uh, well, of course, Sally Ride, I think, kind of had an afro thing going on when she was actually in space, but just for the mechanics of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So a lot went into that. They really thought about her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Well, we're about to get there, but even the way Ursula moves mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. so... Like, I was... She when she does her like crawl across mm-hmm. the floor Ooh. and the way the tentacles like mm-hmm. twirl, I was like, oh yeah, that's what octopuses do. She's actually not an octopus. She's she only has six tentacles. Six tentacles. And some people think that her two arms counts as the other ones. This, well, she also inks at some point, doesn't she? I, uh, I don't think she inks. Well, but like octopuses ink. But squids don't have tentacles quite the same way. They have like a long. They have like they have, squid, they have like ones. Squidward arms with tentacles just at the end. Oh, I'm glad she didn't have that. <laughs> oh, she was originally like the concept art has her as like a spine fish. Yeah, Ooh. it's some gorgeous concept art, and, and she's like all skinny and gaunt looking, like very bony. But then they decided they wanted to make her look like a frequent John Waters star divine. Mm-hmm. And it was a good choice. It an was excellent a very choice. good choice. There are shot by shot comparisons of one of Divine's movies. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. I think it's it's something flamingo. Pink, pink flamingo. I think it's called. Yeah, something like that. Um, and I read of somewhere that <laughs> critics called it a septic tank explosion. <laughs> I was like, oh my! Wow. John Waters really loved his loved his title as like making like bad movies, but you go back and watch them, and it's just like they were just having fun. Yeah. And um, I still haven't been able to get all the way through um, Hairspray. <laughs> his, his original Hairspray with no singing and no... Oh. Um, no singing. Yeah, no, because the musical Hairspray was based on the John Waters movie. Ah. And Divine played the, played the mom, which is why... I see. Which is why Edna Turnblad is traditionally played by a dude in drag. Mm. Because of, of the role was originated mm. by Divine. Fascinating. Yeah. Oh, sadly, Divine never got to see Little Mermaid. He didn't actually... No, he was the model first. Uh, he died like the year before it came out, mm-hmm. mm, which was sad. Yeah. So Ariel is in love, and yeah. she got it bad. She got it bad, real bad. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is she seems so surprised when Ursula's like, "Oh, I'll make you human," and she's like, "Oh, you can do that." Like it hadn't crossed her mind yet that she needed to be human. She just seems really happy to be in love. I don't think she had thought through the mechanics of it. I think. But the only reason, like, Triton talks about how it's been, like, a week. Or it's been weeks that she's, like, mm-hmm. in this daze. Mm-hmm. And her so, sisters recognize it. Right? Yeah. And so for weeks, she's just like, this is nice. It's like, well, there's some problems you gotta sort through, young lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's come later. <laughs> um, but yeah, so her sisters know she's in love. Um, 
King Triton does not realize it at first at all. <laughs> no, and when he is told, it compels him to seek out Sebastian, who has been Ariel's tail for this time that's elapsed. Yeah. And he knows what's up, and he's like, we're just not going to tell your dad about it at all. Right. Because <laughs> it's impossible, so. Right. In a classic misunderstanding, Sebastian reveals <laughs> more than was asked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, that's the ignition point of the film. <laughs> yeah. Which... It struck me at this part that this film is intensely character-driven. Mm. Like, it's all built on characters and reactions. Yeah. And not a lot of reacting to elements. each other. Yeah, not yeah. so much. Um, like, I guess you could argue the storm, the storm is, is the an outside. Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, it's very much like action-reaction yes. throughout the film, which I thought was really cool. Mm. Um, even Ursula... She never, like, decides, like, okay, time to do the evil thing now. She, like, watches Ariel, mm-hmm. waits for the right time, seizes her opportunity, and, like, forces the hand. Like, it's, I don't know, it's really well done character piece. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is why a lot of the characters are still revered today. Like, we yeah. remember them. Yeah. Specifically. And that might be another musical theater carryover. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely um, from that time. Or that, um... Genre, that's mm-hmm. the word. So, um, Triton shows up at the grotto, <laughs> confronts Ariel, destroys everything. It does not go well. It's not a good parenting move. Oh, man, no. I, it was, like, very sad to me now. Like, Yeah. I, I'm, like, destroying your kid's stuff in a temper is abuse. Not a good like, idea. That's not... No, you're not going to get through to your child that way. No. Well, and at first he was just yelling, and then he saw the, the big statue of Eric, which had sunk and was now in the grotto, and... When she says, but daddy, I love him, that's when it, that's when it gets bad, which is worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just kind of imagine, like, the autonomic reaction that zings through him and hearing that, like, fear yeah. takes over. Yeah. And, and you see regret mm-hmm. in him at yes. the end, but... Uh, the damage is done. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, that... Ariel isolates herself and mm-hmm. is then approached by the denizens of evil, Flotsam and Jetsam. <laughs> I thought it was... I thought Under the Sea happened here. We did skip over Under the we Sea. We did skip over Under um, the Sea because I mixed up when it was. No, it's okay. It's, it's um like, right before they realize Ariel's in love. Yeah. Okay. It, it's Sebastian's, like, hey, like... Listen I'm to, to resist reason. your call to adventure. Yeah. Um, you can't love him. Stick with the status quo. Uh, yeah, and then that's when Flounder like is like, "Hey, look, I got you a surprise. It's there let's we, sneak yeah, away. It's Eric's it. statue. Mm-hmm. Get me a statue of Prince and, Philip any day." <laughs> and something I learned is that um, Sebastian's accent is not Jamaican; it's Ooh. Trinidadian. All right. So you can. That's here's a fun trivia thing to ask people what what Sebastian the crab has in common with Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. <laughs> um, Under the Sea is a very fun song. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. It's a bop. Mm-hmm. It's a pop. It is a certified bop. <laughs> certified. And that's the one that won the Oscar. Part of your yeah, world was also nominated, but Under the Sea won the Oscar. Man, I'd argue Part of Your World deserved it more. But I mean. Yeah. There's a lot of great things going mm-hmm. on musically in Under the Sea. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm not a musical person. I'm mm-hmm. a narrative person. And the Academy is not always, you know, they're not. Right? Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that more when we get to Beauty and the Beast. I think we've, we've said that for the last, like, five films. It's like, ah, the Academy. Well, we'll save that. <laughs> <laughs> Stow that conversation away. Yeah, for another time. Um, yeah, so Ariel is prompted to Ursula. Um 
instead of seeking like real help. Mm-hmm. She goes to this strange lady who lives in a fish skeleton of some sort. I guess it must be a whale. Like there's not going to be any other big skeleton mm-hmm. like that. Or or a leviathan. Oh. I like it. Yep. And then she's like, well, you know, let's just turn your human. And she's like, wait, you can do that? And we get into the poor unfortunate souls, which... Such a good Might song. be my favorite Disney... I, I might be my favorite villain song. Better than Be Prepared? Because I was about to say it's a good song, and then I was like, wait, but Be Prepared, I think, is probably my favorite villain song. I think song. I like it better than Be Prepared. All right. Ask me again when we watch when The Lion King. When we watch King. The Lion King, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm, like, running through all the villain songs. Mother's Knows Best pops into my head. That one's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That song has, like, a claustrophobic effect on me. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. That's fair. If you argue... That Love is an Open Door is a villain song. That would be my favorite villain song. (laughs) I mean, you could kind of make that argument. I mean, you could argue that it's Let It Go or Love is an Open Door. Either one could count as your villain song. Let It Go. Um, It was supposed to be. Yeah, they they, they changed the entire story so that they Because Let It Go go was too empathetic. Um, People resonated too much with it, so they're like, okay, Elsa's now not a villain. Whoop, rewrite. Alrighty. Because <laughs> Adina Menzel is too good. <laughs> Days since we complained about Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. Oof. <laughs> Can we go one episode without me? Probably not. <laughs> um, anyway. So, Poor Pressure Souls is a great song. Um, it is. Yeah. Pat Carroll is amazing. So talented. Um, it's such and, a character piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. This is just a really good scene of looking how, like, animation, music, character design, and acting can all come together so seamlessly. Um, I love the body language. (laughs) It's so expressive. Yeah. I think... So if I remember correctly, Just Your Voice is the name of the ColourPop Ursula lips... uh, Lip gloss... But like the metallic jelly eyeshadow is called bo- is called um, body language. <laughs> That's rad. Like it, it's one or the other or something like that. That is like one of my dream jobs is being the person who names makeup colors. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> Organic sunset. There is so creative. Raw salmon. I don't know. I lost Raw sashimi. <laughs> um, there is a one palette and like everything in it is basically like a word for harlot. That's so good. And it's so funny to be like, yes, I'm wearing Streetwalker. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to be in that room. Like, you know what we should call this color? Speaking of colors and color names, Mm -hmm. uh, Ariel's Tail. Uniquely blended for Ariel and named for her. Yeah. By the studio. Like, she needs her signature color. Yeah. Which I think most people think of red when they think of Ariel signature color. Yeah, because her hair is so striking. Very vibrant. They never put her in a red dress. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. And the reason that Ariel is a redhead is because um, Splash starring Daryl Hannah had come out so recently. They didn't want her to be associated. So she was originally supposed to be blonde, which I'm so happy they made her redhead. I can't yeah. picture it. Especially because she would have been the third princess out of a total of four at the time to be blonde. blonde so yeah. like, we need some variation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we talk about how three is a pattern. So technically we haven't hit a blonde pattern yet. Um, but we have certainly hit a white pattern. Definitely with the princesses. Oh, for sure. Um, she's number yeah, four. Our, yeah, our third blonde princess wouldn't come along until Rapunzel. Nope. Mm-hmm. But still too, still too many white ones. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hopefully that'll be rectified. 
And Disney is making some effort. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, hey, we've got Black Little Mermaid. Yeah. And I heard that they're doing a princess movie right now that's going to be based in South Asian cultures. Okay. Like like, um, like Cambodia, Laos, places like that. Right. Thailand. Right. Hey, well, that, and uh, cool. they also have uh, Mina and Detective Princess. Um, if it doesn't have a movie, it doesn't count. Hey, one of our guests worked on that show, or works currently on that show, so it's special to us here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine, <laughs> but is this person a part of the official Disney Princess lineup? Uh, no. Okay. But. <laughs> who are we, weren't we talking to somebody recently who was talking about how yes, Disney Lacey. Princess... That's right. It was at D&D last night. We were talking yeah. about how that's a brand because you wrote Disney princesses into the campaign in a way that we did not realize was happening. No, it was really <laughs> great. I role-played as Princess Jasmine and Belle for a large portion of the campaign. I even did some Rapunzel stuff, oh, and it yeah. wasn't until I listed, oh, and here live Snow, Dawn, and Ella. There was, like, this sort of, like... Wait a minute. Hold on. Like, you could hear the, like, fantasy breaking as all of my players turned and looked at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and you did your Rapunzel's uh, roleplay stuff last night on mm-hmm. your feet, and you were, t- you were did. like, you were full acting. Mm-hmm. And it was perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you. Because <laughs> we all know that Rapunzel is your favorite. She is. Yeah. I love her very dearly. Um, she's precious. She's whimsy and artistic and... Clearly High anxiety. <laughs> I actually, uh, she resonates a lot with me as much as Ariel does. Um, they sort of reflect on each other. I yeah. Think. I mean, Rapunzel is the more demure of the two, but right. Like, I see a lot of the same qualities, and they're very attractive. Like, yeah, it's like so they're cute. Just, and they're just, charming people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just like, oh gosh, and <laughs> then you put your hand on your chase, and then you rest it on the table. And, Look up dreamily. <laughs> um, I would argue Ariel's much more headstrong. Oh, they're not like carbon copies. No, 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 no. But I just feel like they have a lot of those core. Yeah, qualities. I mean, yeah, I think the, you're like, right. Yeah, like they mirror each other. Ariel is confident in areas where Rapunzel is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and Flynn Rider is a great prince. I agree. I think there's even a point when Ariel and Eric are dancing, like, out in town. That yes. looks oh, so yes. much yes. like the King of Dance. It's yep. specifically referenced. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I haven't seen Little Mermaid in forever, so. That moment when they both come together, that's, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, big time. I love that. Guys, I want to watch Tangled now. <laughs> like, I did want to watch Sleeping Beauty, now I want to watch Tangled. Let's just have a princess marathon. <laughs> okay, nobody is working tomorrow, right? Or <laughs> you are working tomorrow. I am working Darn. tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, so she trades her voice for a pair of legs. She has three days to... Get him to kiss her. Get him to kiss her. Fall in love. Aww. Yeah, because that's the order it happens in. I mean, she's already in love with him, and he's kind of already in love with her. He like, just doesn't really remember. I mean, yeah. Does she know that? Like, no, she doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she has no well, idea. Oh, you got lucky. Yeah. Um, although, maybe, like, maybe she's been watching him. Like, Could we don't be, know what she's yeah. been doing for in. these few weeks. But, like, how would she know what he's thinking? It's not like he's going to be out on the beach having a soliloquy, like... You know, are you sure about that? Because <laughs> he spends a lot of time sitting on the beach trying to figure out her song. Maybe. Like, when she does meet him, that's what he's doing. He's playing the flute, trying to figure out her song. When she goes to bed that night, he's playing the flute on the beach, trying to figure out her <laughs> all song. Right, maybe. <laughs> I think it's very reasonable. He has also spent these last few weeks gazing into the sea, soliloquizing about her. Yeah. 
Anyway, so <laughs> but, Ariel thinks this is like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I can make someone fall in love with me in three days, for sure, sure to get a kiss out of him. Um, and she signs that Mickey Mouse stamped paper. Yes. Um, which, by the way, I think they should not have shown her signing the paper because it proves that she can write. Yeah. And then therefore did not things. decide to use that skill to yeah. communicate later on. Maybe Eric can't read. Well, you know I'm, what? We well, don't I'm know. Trying to, well, I'm trying to remember. Did she, like, actually sign it? Or yes, was she it, did. like, a lightning bolt? Nope. She signed her name. She okay. legitimately signed the full A-R-I-E-L. And presumably could read the contract? Yeah. Guessing? I don't know. Yeah. But if she can't read the contract, it's a void contract. Like, you should have just made it some other thing she had to do. Like, I don't know. Give her fingerprint or something. <laughs> It's like, okay, Take you've established blood. that she can, like, right? Get, get a notary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, uh, also, she's under 18. It's not a perfectly legal contract. Well, how do we, maybe, fine. like, in the Mer world, you... Maybe that's why she says I'm 16 years old, I'm not a child, because that is their coming maybe. of age is 16. It's when she was getting presented. We don't know. This makes a lot of sense. We don't know what their ways of life are. <laughs> but, and, and then Ursula is like, yeah, this is totally legal when Triton tries to destroy yeah. it later. Yeah, yeah. So and apparently, she is the notary. Being legal protects it from magic. Yeah, which I guess it's good. I mean, there are laws in magic, Not right? Not in this particular like... moment, but like overall, a good thing. Yeah. Um. So she washes up on shore. Um. She gets dressed thanks to Scuttle's grand help. I mean, it's better than appearing bottomless when you first meet a guy. I it's feel like true. that's a little strange. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit forward. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> so um, he like immediately is like, you're the one, because you just randomly washed up on the beach and kind of look like her, even though I was, it was hazy backlit. and <laughs> backlit. Um, some Instagram filters going on there. But you're the one, but she doesn't speak, so she He's must like, not be the shoot. one. Can't have the voice. You but the speak. dog knows. Eric, listen to your dog. The dog Max just likes it, but he's still like, hey. No, he doesn't like Vanessa. Yeah, but he's already under her spell at that point. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But and then it's like, well, you looks like you don't really have a place to go. So come stay with me. Yeah, he's a nice boy. Mm-hmm. And so they get her all cleaned up. She's very fascinated by bubbles. Mm-hmm. It's very sweet. Oh, by the way, the bubbles were animated by a third party studio that they outsourced to China. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were not credited in um, the, I'm going to say Emmy again. It's not an Emmy. (laughs) Oscars. In the Oscars, they were not credited. Um, But they did all the bubbles in the film. It's crazy. The bubbles are well done. I was paying a lot of attention to it because I read that fact. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, she, she loves the bubbles in the bathtub, which is, God, she's so cute. She's so cute. That must be really cool to be in, like, a completely new world that you've loved for a long time Mm -hmm. and like you just are like i'm here well it's like so it's sort of the anthropologist dream yeah but also you cannot as an anthropologist (laughs) interact with culture (laughs) because you by being there you change it Um, yeah but it's sort of prime directive and all that (laughs) yes exactly hey i just made a star trek joke i would like that on the record for donica And this is a perfect segue into, I think, Brooke's favorite fact about King Triton. I, yeah. <laughs> he was nearly he was nearly voiced by Patrick Stewart, but there were some Star Trek scheduling issues, which maybe it's a good thing because um, we, in Prince of Egypt, we hear Patrick Stewart as a king upset with his children, and that is, oh, it hurts. Mm. Like, you get the gravitas from day one, and Triton kind of dials up to it. 
I mean, uh, it would I have mean, been totally different. Yeah. Vibe. I mean, we would have taken what we got, but yeah, I like yeah. the guy who doesn't know. Yeah. Like oh Ken yeah. Something. Kenneth Mars. Big up. Yeah. Yeah. No complaints about King Triton. No, not at all. Um, it's just a fun little factoid. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so she's in the bathtub, and mm-hmm. all the workers in the castle are very sweet to her, which. This king They're must kinda be bomb. gossiping behind her back though. Like the ones doing the wash were like, I don't know why Eric is like paying attention to this girl who just randomly washed up on the shore. There are a lot of girls in this castle in this town. Like he could be <laughs> dating like me and not her. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, maybe that's that one. But the one that's like in there with her so many Yes, nice. Carlotta. Carlotta. Yes. Carlotta. Um, um, and she also has the same outfit as Cinderella. Yeah. Peasant outfit. Yeah. It's a cute, cute little nod. Um, so Ariel sits down to dinner with Eric and Grimsby. And she's wearing a dress that's an amalgam of every princess dress that came before it. Yeah. The full Cinderella skirt, the puffy snow white sleeves, mm. um, the, the, the aurora off the shoulder in pink. Mm-hmm. And, um, I really enjoy this fact, uh, Brooke was saying, one of the portraits, um, and I had to look it up because I didn't catch it while yeah. watching, the middle portrait, when you get that opening shot on the, the dining room, is... Looks very much like Aurora and Philip, hmm. which has led some people to speculate that perhaps Eric is a descendant mm-hmm. of Aurora and Philip, which, whether or not it's true, I find delightful. Maybe he just collects Disney artwork. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, same. And I would also frame it and put it in my grand dining oh room. Oh my god, I would absolutely have a grand portrait of Philip and Aurora Heck in my yeah. dining room. Also of us as Philip and Aurora I in mean, my clearly. dining room. A side um, note, mirroring each other. <laughs> yeah. My parents have a big wedding photo, which they changed for a Halloween party once to one of us three and our Snow White characters. Oh. And it has not come down. It has been years. <laughs> so... Perfect. Great family portrait. (laughs) (laughs) And I wish that I had been able to watch this more often as a teenager because um, back then I was um, I was dyeing my hair red. I did it for a really long time. People got upset when right before college I cut I cut my hair and dyed it brown so that it would grow out. Mm. Um, They were like, "Oh my gosh, your natural color!" I'm like, "This is not my natural color." (laughs) I never wore pink when I was a redhead because I always felt like it clashed. Nope, not for Ariel. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, not for Ariel. But then again, Ariel also has good skin. I did not have good skin. <laughs> oh, that's Honestly, if you skin. like it, nothing should stop you from that's wearing true. it. That's like, true. That's true. Which, so. as a teenager, I would not have told anyone, so... Yeah, yeah exactly. Same. Hindsight yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you're a teenager and listening to this podcast, if you feel good, you look good. Mm-hmm. That's Where? the only rule. Uh, so, Eric is going to take her out on the town. Um... We're kind of glossing over Sebastian's little misadventure. But I do not like that scene. Yeah, so there's I'm another not, song. I'm not a good person to judge it. Les Poissons. Um, the song, song, fine. I just I find it a little bit horrifying. So. Yeah, it is a nicely integrated song. It's not like to the main plot essential, mm, but yeah. it is essential to the side plot. That's like, a little segue. But it's and Sebastian cute. Sebastian as a fish out of water. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a little comedic break. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's cute. Mm-hmm. I think I think Chef Louis is like very oh he's such a popular right? yeah for a lot of people. Yeah, um, he is also a Star Trek voice, uh, <laughs> um, who Deep Space Nine fans will know as Odo. Yeah, usually his his speaking voice is a lot more gruff, so he he mm-hmm. did a good job of putting on his Frenchman hat. Nice, much better than Ian McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> oh poor Ian! So they asked him, "Can you do a French accent?" He was like, "Sure, I can." 
thinking like the typical stereotypical one we're thinking of. Yeah. and Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, okay, not that one. Do the other one. And he's like, the what? <laughs> so he had to learn like a less typical <sighs> French accent. And he apparently had trouble keeping it from lapsing into a Spanish accent. Uh, yeah. Well, he did better than other actors in that film. It was, it was fine. It didn't bother me. <laughs> no. And honestly, I wouldn't have like pointed it out and been like, that's terrible. No, I wouldn't have either. It was just low-hanging fruit. So they go out in the town, which I love their little date. It's so cute. Oh, it's so sweet. She's fascinated by, like, the horse feet on the ground. <laughs> She's, like, hanging over the side of the carriage to look. It's- and by the end, uh, you know, close to the end of the evening, she's the one dri- driving it. <laughs> yeah, she takes Off it over course. a canyon because she doesn't understand gravity. And Eric's like, whoa, dang. <laughs> um, this girl's a ride or die. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Um, they have their dancing. She has little Punch and Judy dolls that she mm. snags, which is cute. I like the the dancing. I mean, obviously, they have, like, the nods to former dancing princesses, and that's, like, a common theme, but it's also a little bit of a nod to the original tale, where yeah. she dances for the prince because mm-hmm. she think, he thinks she's beautiful when she does it. And this is Disney, so it doesn't cause her pain, but right, in the original right. fairy tale, she is cursed so that she feels like she's walking on knives, mm-hmm. which is horrifying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like something out of Saw. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, but it makes her an excellent dancer because she's so light on her feet. Yes. She doesn't want to put pressure is, on them. Then, like, mirrors forward into the, the wind spirit. But yeah. Anyway, the, it's Disney, so it's not yeah. <laughs> gruesome. No, but she also doesn't have a time limit in the uh, yes. fairy tale. The sea witch um, is actually not a bad guy no. in the, the fairy tale. It's just sort mm-hmm. of a neutral, like, I'll give you what you want, but it's going to cost. Yeah, magic has a price. Yeah. Um, yeah, the original fairy tale is quite a story. Um, I think I read it to some of my students one time as we were talking. We did fairy tale focused mm-hmm. um, class, and I, like, started crying. We read The Little Magic Girl. I cried. <sighs> we read The Little Mermaid. I cried. And my kids were just like, why is our teacher crying? Anderson <laughs> fairy tales are sad. Yeah. The Tin Soldier. Yeah, we watched that in the class as well. <laughs> I was in love with the uh, yeah. It's okay. They get a happy ending in the animated short. <laughs> I, that's like, I'm like, I'm going to go with the happy ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we go from their date to the end of their date. In a rowboat on the lagoon. Ooh. Romance. <sighs> Kiss Your Girl is. Kiss the Girl is such a good love song. It is. I don't know if it's many people's favorite. But it's very good. It's a very um, atmospheric. Yeah. Which I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it works really well for the scene and the song. Mm-hmm. I like how they like creatively incorporated a bunch of different creatures into mm-hmm. like making parts of the song. Mm-hmm. That was really clever. It was. Yeah. And, um, and of course, the reason that Sebastian <laughs> starts it is because Guttel's like, oh, I need to do some atmosphere. So yeah. he tries to sing Tchaikovsky's <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, but it's just a horrible off-key squawking. It's a squawking yeah. seagull. Yeah. This makes Prince Eric the second prince to not duet. I think all the other ones... No, Beauty... Oh, no. All the other ones, I think, duet. Yeah. Who's the first to not duet? Prince Charming would be the first to not do... Oh, no, he does. They do duet. You're right. So he is the first and only prince to not duet. I'm pretty sure all the other ones... Uh, Shane. Oh, you could... They don't really have a love song. Yeah, and he's not really a prince, but then he... Well, and then... Uh, Kristoff. They duet... Yeah, more or less. Today. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, he doesn't sing very much. Well, he doesn't really sing in the yeah. Change song, the I whatever. Guess not. Mm-hmm. 
the song where they explain that Kristoff's a changeling because he lives with Eric trolls. doesn't <laughs> sing at all either, so. Yeah, no, Eric doesn't sing, which is why I would make a great Prince Eric. I won't have to sing. <laughs> I'll be fine. So you don't have to vocal train me. <laughs> Maybe rescue a couple dogs. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> I have a dog. I'll bring my dog. You don't have to hire a dog. No, I want to bring my dog. And then I want to... So my dog is a little white fluffy dude. Yeah. And I just want to, like, use that, that Gray pet chalk, chalk. yeah. And, like, just chalk some of his body. Perfect. <laughs> He'd be a teeny tiny Max. <laughs> um, anyway, Kiss the Girl. Great song. Mm-hmm. Lovely scene. Um, they do not kiss because Flotsam and Jetsam are there to mess it up. And you know what? Like... Everyone's always on, like, Eric, how come you didn't kiss her? Like, she was giving you signs. He was just trying to respect her. Yeah, she can't verbally consent, like... She's basically under his power this entire time, like... She owes him food, like, because food and shelter, like, he's responsible for that, like... He's got her out in a rowboat in the middle of a lake. Yeah, he's a good boy. He's like, no, I, like, maybe I want to kiss her, but I'm not gonna assume. Right. It's not gentlemanly. This might be the part where he outdoes Prince Philip. Uh, I mean, okay, let's talk about Era. Like That's also true. Like, 80 versus 50. Um, 89 yeah. versus 59. 30 years apart. And even just, like, 14th century versus, like, 18th century I would say mid to late 19th century. Mm. They anyway, no, they would have steam-powered ships. Hundreds of years mm-hmm. later. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, we're not going to get into that debate. That <laughs> could also be a very lengthy discussion. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, anyway, so they get, like, within a breath of each other, and, and then those dang eels... Dang eels. ...gonna flip the boat. It's cheating. You're violating... The, like, well, we don't know what's in the contract, but, yeah, like... There's actually she, nothing that says... That she, as far as we know that... There's a lot of scribbled text, so, you know, boilerplate. Fine print, yeah. But, um... Yeah, it's, I would imagine this would violate the contract if you can't interfere with the event that's supposed to take you place. Think, you but, think, Ariel probably doesn't think, like, oh, she's going to actively root against me. Right, so. exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anyway, so they literally throw cold water on the situation. Yeah. Um, so they go back to the castle. <laughs> and Grimsby is talking to Eric, like, hey, like, you should just do this. Like, this girl, marry this one. <laughs> she's adorable. Look at her. <laughs> You're very, you've been, ha- like, he highlights that Eric's been happy when she's there. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. like... Eric enjoys her company. And Carlotta said at one point, at yeah. dinner, it's like, oh, this is the first time I've seen you smile in weeks. Yeah. Um, so I think that, like, they're not just like, Eric, you need to get just married. Get but married. they, like, care it's like about him. It's like she makes him happy. Yeah. Yeah. They um, recognize her good qualities. And yeah. And they're like, they bring out good qualities in you, and you look happier. So, yeah. I mean, like, you've known each other at least a week. Are you going to get married yet? Yeah. So he dramatically yeets his, his flute. flute. Which I guess is a symbol of his bachelorhood. Uh, no, it's, it's a symbol like, of the attachment to the song. Yes, oh. he's letting go of the oh, song. Oh, there we go. Like, he's okay, been the song was great, time. but like this girl. Yeah, which little does he know? But <sighs> then, but then we he hears it. <laughs> because, and then he's yeah. Oh no! <gasps> Plot twist. Ursula has disguised herself as the comely Vanessa. Uh. <laughs> she's got the voice. Yep. Um, and she puts. The spells on him. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't... I feel like it would have been much more narratively interesting if he wasn't hypnotized. And he had to, like, choose. 
Yeah. Like. I mean, yes and no, but I feel time-wise, like. Time-wise, we're close to the end game here, so it wouldn't have, like, really worked. I also feel but... like he's the kind of guy who would have allowed himself to, like, fall in love with another girl, even if he's, like, thinking of this mystery woman. Right, but I and think wouldn't, the like... drama of it, like, oh, I just was willing to give up on the song for the girl that I currently feel for, mm-hmm. but now they're both here, and, like, I have to now Maybe. choose. I feel like it would have been easier for Ariel, though. If he had had the choice, I feel like they'd spent time together, they'd bonded. Mm. He clearly has feelings for her. Anyway. Mm. I don't know. And plus, Ursula's evil as heck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. Rob him of his free will. Well, if she could just do that, why doesn't she do that to, like, King Triton? Maybe he's too powerful. Yeah. Or knows her tricky ways. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Don't know. (laughs) Either way, he's hypnotized. A hapless human. He is going to marry her this afternoon. At sunset. At sunset. He is on determined. A on a boat. On a boat. Because drama. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I was Ursula, I would just be like, how do I make this the most dramatic? <laughs> so Ariel is awoken like, hey, the prince is getting married. And she's like, oh, cool. It must be to me. Maybe he'll mention it at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um... But then she gets out onto the stairwell and sees Grimsby talking to him and Vanessa. <gasps> yeah. Oh, no. Um... So this is, well, I guess it might be her lowest point, and maybe when her grotto's discord. Anyway, um, so she's understandably upset. Yeah. <laughs> and so she spends, I guess, the whole day crying. Aw, poor baby. Yeah. As one would. Yeah. <laughs> At some point she got dressed. So yeah. Good for you. And yeah. She's, so she's waiting out by the dock as the ship takes off. But then Scuttle is kind of flying around and finds out. <gasps> Well, because Scuttle doesn't know it's not Ariel yet. Yeah. He's, He's like, like, I'm Alex. going to Ariel's wedding. So let oh, me go, no. Let me go see if she's probably getting ready. <gasps> it's Ursula. Wow. She's using Ariel's voice. Oh, yep. Gosh. It is fun to hear a reprise of Poor Unfortunate Souls in Jodie yeah. Benson's voice. I know. It is really good. That was good. a good move. But then I guess, like, if we're combining, like, some a bunch of, like, lesser-known fairy tales at this point. We, we've got some Black Swan thrown in here. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit. I, yeah. Sorry, Black Swan is the Natalie Portman movie I saw here. Swan Lake. Oh, yes. I see. Okay, yeah, yeah, we yeah. Neither of us caught that. We're like, yes, yeah. that one. Yeah. We, yeah. Y'all know what I was talking about. Yeah. Um, so, the... They are gonna stall the wedding, which I... Maybe I just love this trope and, like, always have since I was a kid. But the, like, stall the wedding trope is so good. I watched Princess Bride too many times, apparently. I don't know what it is, but I love, like, the sea animals wrecking Vanessa. Mm-hmm. That was pretty great. So funny to me. Uh, My favorite bit, though, is when she's being attacked and Eric is just stock still, like, zombie <laughs> right next to her. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, this prince who has been, like, so active this whole time. When you turned him into a zombie, he can't protect you now. <laughs> so great. <laughs> what a bummer. Yep. And she's and having, like, a hissy fit. Understandably. Okay. Ariel, yeah. meanwhile, is swimming out. Yeah, flounder's tongue. by flounder. <laughs> apparently Not she... a fish I would pick to no. pull me out to sea. Okay, this we were talking about this because Scuttle calls all the sea animals to action. Great. Could you, like, mention to a dolphin? <laughs> or that, a like, turtle or like, a whale. Like, hey, could you help Ariel out? Someone big and fast. Yeah. Um, nope, doesn't happen. Uh, so, she... Does make it in time, though, because they've stalled the wedding. Mm-hmm. And then uh, her shell necklace is broken, and Ariel gets her voice back. Yeah. And then Eric is unhypnotized, and he's like, oh, wait, it's been you this whole oh, time. Long. They're right out to kiss, and boom, the sun's down. Yeah. Ah, uh, the drama. The drama. Uh, so good. Um, and so with her tail 
Now she flops down to the deck. Ugh, uh, and Ursula drags her into She's the a mermaid, sea. and they have a moment where Ariel and Eric just look at each other and shrug, and I'm just like, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of looks like, like, I tried to tell you, and he's and he just literally, like, like oh, <laughs> so I missed something, right? <laughs> and then Ursula, like, the, the sequence of Ursula, of Vanessa retransforming into Ursula Ooh, was so good. Uh, just, like, the tearing of the wedding dress mm-hmm. is so good. For me, it's when she's, like, crawling army crawling across, across the yeah. chair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very good. Yeah. Um, and Eric gets over his, like, what? Very quickly. And just like, is, like, takes off his uniform, I guess. His, grabs his a nice harpoon. Jacket, yes. And t- rows out to the sea and dives in. Like, he is there. Ready for action. Um, so Ursula gets Triton to trade places with Ariel. So Triton is now mm-hmm. under her spell. Mm-hmm. Which was probably her endgame. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As we know from the game Villainous, that is her endgame. <laughs> Um, and she is gonna rule the seas, I guess. And she has to be um, giant for this to happen. Well, no. I think she gets they, giant because Eric attacks her. Yeah, and, and uh, Flotsam and Jetsam become no more. Oh, yeah. yeah, she tries to take out Eric, but Ariel, uh, Robin Hood style. Into a different <laughs> direction, and she accidentally eviscerates her eels. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, rather them than Prince Eric. I mean, yes. Like, I just imagine, like, my God, yeah. are you going to... Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then originally, Ursula wasn't going to get so big, but somebody involved on the big team came <laughs> home from die- seeing Die Hard and was like, we need to make this more Die Hard. <laughs> well, and I'm glad they did, because yeah. it really feels like a callback to Maleficent. Yeah. Like, oh, and it's in really so many theory. ways. Yeah. It just made it... It was more dynamic as well. It really was. Um, I mean, I regret that boss fight in Kingdom uh. Hearts... And will to my dying breath. Um, but narratively, for this film, <laughs> it works really well. It does. Um, it's Eric very striking. Kills yeah. her with the boat. Eric just rams he, a ship into her. Sure does. Um, then, Prince Philip style. Yeah. And then next thing we know, it's their real wedding. Oh, they wake up on the shore. Oh, yeah, right. um, Ariel's a mermaid. She's sad. She can't be with him. And Triton sees, and he's like. They really are in love. I gotta let her go. Man, my tear. That's right. And then does the magic, and she's in the sparkly dress that I love. Love that dress. Like, Dad, I didn't know you could design so well. (laughs) Dang. That's a beautiful... I don't know why they don't market that dress more. It's such a good dress. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of things that I'm like, Disney. Yeah. Put me on your marketing team. (laughs) Okay. Got a side note, because I was just talking about this to my mom earlier. You know the the ornament collection that's, like, the stylized Disney princess shoes? Yeah. Why don't they make those shoes? I know. I would drop so much money on those shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, side note over. And then it's their wedding, and Ariel's in this 80s, big old princess die-looking dress. Mm -hmm. It's very much the same shape as her pink dress. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a very cute dress. It, it really is. is. It's yeah. so 80s. And we, we yeah. talk, and we talk about it every time you go on the ride, because yep. your mom's wedding dress looks like that, my yep. mom's wedding dress looks like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they get married and they live happily ever after. Right. Yay. lovely. And they sail off into a rainbow. Because mm-hmm. Triton's happy about it now. Yeah. Um, that particular scene, and this is by the way, the first film that Pixar worked on. Um, it was a hybrid, so that it was their old 
um, style of like putting the art onto like cellophane or something. Uh, yeah, glass. Cells. I don't know the exact. Anyway, so they used that for part of it, and you can tell when you're watching. And yeah. part of it was animated by computer program, right? Which was Pixar's contribution, and um, that last scene was done by them. So that's why it kind of has like yeah, a slightly higher it, quality. <laughs> and the the it was the first. This is the first time that we've seen coloring done on a computer, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Because um, we talked about how mm-hmm. Black Culture is the first one to use computer generated imagery. Um, then Great Mouse, Detective. Great Mouse Detective had the computer draw the gears. Mm-hmm. Um, Oliver and Company is the first one to have their own digital animation team, like department. And this is the first one where we color digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been really cool to go through this era. Let's and you can happening. see moments of computer drawn in here, like the yes. stairs that she that runs was down. Really, very um, some of the boats are definitely digital. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bubbles probably were not they done were. by hand. Yes. Um, um, I actually don't know. But. but probably, I mean, if they're mm-hmm. computer generated for Black Cauldron, I can't mm-hmm. imagine that they're not computer generated here. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so yeah, it's been really cool to watch this progression of digital animation slowly working its way yeah. into mm-hmm. traditional. Um, and with that, we watched The Little Mermaid. Yeah. And we are in the Renaissance, guys. Hey. I'm excited. <sighs> All right. Thank you so much for being with us, Kat. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Social media or work stuff? We're an Etsy shop. Sure. <laughs> work stuff. So uh, one thing I, I like to say is that the world always needs more princesses, which sure. is the tagline of my Etsy. Uh-huh. Um, if you look me up, um, Panda Cat Couture on Etsy. I sell a lot of Disney princess-inspired things, cosplays, and a couple Disney bounds. I'm working on expanding that because I love them. Um, I'm also on Instagram at at SirPandaCat, where you will see lots of plugs for my Instagram. <laughs> but um, I am a cosplayer, and I love Disney, so you'll see a lot of that there. Yeah, um, and we've credited her a couple times on our own Instagram, mm-hmm. just because posting our Disney bounds. Yeah. Um, so, our, what's should we tell them what our next Disney bound is going to be, even though it's not at Disneyland? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about it. I am, too. We, we had to go to downtown. I'm currently passless. I don't think yeah. I know about this one. Um, we're going to be doing Mickey and Minnie's 2019 Halloween looks mm-hmm. every year. Well, the past, like, three years, we've been like, oh, let's do it. We always talk about it and never do it. Because we always talk about it when it's, like, way too close to Halloween. Yeah. And like, shoot. Yeah, this is going to be the year. Um, we're going to do it probably at Hogwarts. Because there's a castle oh, yeah. there, take right? There. And then I'm saying we should take them to downtown Disney. Yeah, I'm down. they have cute, spoopy stuff there. I'm down to go downtown. Anyway, but it's um, Vampire Mickey and then Witch Minnie. Yeah. It's going to be... So cute. I'm really yes. excited. I'm excited. Um, you can find our podcast Instagram at DrawnOutCast, and we're on Twitter. At DrawnOutCast. Um, you can email us at DrawnOutCast at gmail.com. Um, you can join our Facebook group, DrawnOutChats, yep. um, where we just sometimes post memes, and sometimes if you, you know, if you want us, if that's a, another place you want to start a conversation yeah. about something that we've talked about, if you want to do your own sidebars, like, have at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also try to add all of our guests to that group. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kind of adds to the conversation about films. Yeah. Um, and this has been it, a... This has been drawn out. <laughs> yeah, quite a drawn out episode in our drawn out closing. In. This podcast is in no way affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its subsidiaries. 
The views expressed in this podcast by its hosts and its guests belong solely to those people and are not in any way representative of Disney nor any of our employers. Thanks for listening.